Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix's 170th film from 2019. It's the French comedy Back to School, or in French La Grande Classe. That sounded very Italian. It's directed by Remy Four and Julian Waugh. It stars Jerome Neal. Ludovic Day and Nicholas Berno. I am Jesse and uh, Jesse and I am writing solo today. Uh, I've got this one for you all by myself, so I'm hoping that you are looking forward to hearing all about this French comedy back to school. If you haven't seen the film and you wanted to check it out and you want to keep spoiler free, then my suggestion would be to give us a pause now, come back a bit later on after you've seen the film because I am going to spoil this one. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't want you to, to think that... Uh, <laughs> that I've ruined it for you. So give us a pause, come back, and I'm going to start off with the fast flicks where we do a quick summary to start off the show and talk about what this film's all about. So for me, this one is about two guys who are nerds when they're in high school and they've now made it big in the tech world and they travel home for a high school reunion. I wonder what could happen um, or what they could come across while doing that. So uh, we do like to check out anything that we could find about the making of the films that we cover on this show. And unfortunately, as is the case with quite a few of the international films, there's very little in English to discover, um, especially with this film. So obviously it's a French film, it's filmed in France. Uh, it was released on Netflix worldwide on the 30th of August, 2019. Um, it had the working title of Friends From Before. And the only other things that I've really got for you are some translations around the world. And I quite like a few of the different titles for this film across the world. So um, the actual literal translation of, of the title in French in English is The Great Class. So it fits in well with... Um, the things that some people might learn throughout their journey in this film. In Argentina, it's called Who's Laughing Now? Uh, in Brazil, it's called The Backup. I'm not sure why. In Germany, it's called Everything is the Same as Before. That's a very literal bang-on point uh, title for that one. Uh, and in Italy, it's called What a Great Class. And finally, in Norway, it's called Classmate. So all things that have to do with the idea of school and the idea of, uh, I guess, our two main protagonists who are heading back to school for this reunion that I've mentioned in my quick summary at the start. Around the, the consensus, I guess, from uh, what we can see from critics and audiences alike, Rotten Tomatoes, this is an interesting one. There's only two reviews on there. So uh, it's not fresh, it's not rotten, it's not anything. There's only two reviews on there um, and there's very few audience reviews on there as well. So not much to give us from there. The other place that we do like to check out is IMDb, which is that popular sort of place where people often log things that they watch. And on IMDb, there's about 1,000... 100 or so people that have jumped on and it sits on a 5.3 out of 10 so around that middle mark uh if we looked at letterboxd as we, we often say the more film loving uh group of people i guess it sits on a 2.3 but that's only on a 824 ratings so again not an awful lot of people um have have got on to say that they've checked this one out and i guess as I often say on this show, I would never have heard of this uh, film if we weren't doing this podcast. So for me, uh, no idea, nothing about the background for this one. And that'll lead me into my early thoughts for this, I guess, where it's a high school reunion type of film. So it covers all the stereotypes you're probably going to expect in a film like this. There's, there's some poor attempts at humor throughout. And I guess the lead performances, they're not too bad. Um, and there's quite a good reveal at the end, which I'll probably touch on a little bit later on. 
it just never really took off for me. Uh, and I'm not sure whether that's in the, the lack of or the, the inability to translate the jokes and the, the comic situations uh, from French into English or what it was, but didn't quite sit there for me. So let's get into the, the crux of this show where we talk about the characters. And this film, as I mentioned, is about two guys. Uh, so the first one is Pierre Vess. So we're going to call him Pierre throughout. Um, so this, and these two guys, they weren't cool at school, and, and Pierre had the nickname Bozo the Clown because he often wore lots of bright colors, I guess. He was never cool, and, and he's got this sort of a big career now in the tech world, and his best mate, Jonathan, who we'll talk about in a minute, his, he works under him at this this company, and they're still friends. They've been friends since high school, and, and the idea of them going back to this reunion, I guess, is is to flaunt or to show off, I guess, this newfound coolness that he thinks he's got uh and then when he gets to this this reunion he sort of ends up hanging with all the the loser type friends that, that he had from you know his chess friends and the the friends that he spoke to about lord of the rings and things like that and he's not really enjoying himself so his his gist of going along to this reunion was more set on revenge rather than letting the past stay in the past and you know letting things go and and sort of identifying and checking out to see if people had moved on and changed in their personalities. I guess like he'd changed or how he identified that he'd changed himself. And that sort of leads to, to his best mate, Jonathan. And, and this guy, there's a brief uh, shot at the start of the film of them at school. And Jonathan was this overweight kid. I think he had the nickname of Fatso and he was in love with, you know, the, the best looking girl in the class, Linda. Um, and, and now he's lost all that weight. And when he gets the reunion, he's, he's mistaken for that cool kid in class who was also named Jonathan, but his surname was Lopez. So at the reunion, he's happy to, to ride on this popularity sort of train, even though his best mate Pierre's not. And and he keeps up, even though he's you know identified as, as the wrong Jonathan, he, he keeps his lie going because he's enjoying feeling popular and hanging out with the cool people from when it was um, when he was at school. And realistically, this, this is his film. Um, but you don't really as an audience member, want to see him succeed because he isn't being himself. He's being someone else. He's being a character that through dialogue you, you hear wasn't a very nice person. So it's a tricky situation to, to get the audience on board for, for both these guys when they're back at school, either after revenge, trying to chase a girl or taking on personalities that, that aren't necessarily who they are themselves. And there's a bunch of other characters from the school that are there. And, and the one main one, I guess, is, is Herve, um, who I think, that's, uh, maybe it's Hervé uh, in French, I'm not 100% sure, but he was sort of our best mates with the Jonathan Lopez, the the cool cat at school or the bully, and, and Hervé is, is a bully or was a bully himself, and, and they put in this effort to show that he's now a family man, and he's got kids, he's got a wife, he's working, seems to be on the, the right track, but once he's reunited with these cronies at this uh, reunion, it's like he's ready to be mean again. And, um, you know, they, they talk about him. He went into a trade, he works in a car wash, and, and it would have been fine if you stuck with him as being a change man. But the idea of him still wanting to, you know, hold the upper ground over people and, and use his presence, it just doesn't sit right when, <laughs> realistically, you've, you want to make commentary on, on change or the ability to change or, or, you know, people's personalities being different to what they were when they were at school. And, 
this was a, a bit of a confusing film for me in that stance, I guess. And we'll probably talk about that a bit more later on. We, we mentioned themes. Um, I'm going to leave the rest of the characters off because they just played side parts to these three characters realistically. And that'll give us a, a chance to talk about the director. So this is co-directed this film by Remy Four, as I mentioned at the start and Julian War. So Remy's got five writing credits. Um, this is his only feature directing credit. The same as Julian War. They, they seem like they work together. They do all the same things together. Unfortunately, I don't know much about them. So obviously they've done a few things in France, but haven't broken into the English language film um, categories yet, but maybe they'll have something else that'll come out soon. This is the part of the show where I jump into some scenes that I liked or I didn't like. And with this one, there's a couple of things I didn't mind. Uh, and it is meant to be a comedy, so you're supposed to laugh a bit, and unfortunately that didn't quite get there for me, but there was one scene that, that was okay, and there's a scene where there's a story about Pierre who, at school, um, I think the bully sort of put some dog poo in his pants or something like that, so he uh, takes it upon himself to <laughs> to find some dog poo at this reunion and sort of picks it up and, and walks around with it, and there's these trans sisters, I think that's their surname, these two girls, and one of the girls sort of comes up to him and, and tries to chat to him, find out what he's hiding, and, and you know, he's doing his best to cover it up, and he just ends up having to reveal that in a, in a napkin he's got a piece of dog poo, and she just sort of walks off when she sees it. So that was quite humorous. I thought that was quite funny. Uh, the other thing I liked in this film is one of the, the scenes when there's lots of music and dancing. Obviously, it's a reunion, and they play um, the song Superstar by Jamila, which was quite a big uh, hit um, in the day and just brought back some memories of on I think it was like PlayStation 2 possibly there was this video game called SingStar where you'd get the mics and you'd sing along to songs and this is one of those songs on that video game so it brought back some good memories personally for me on that one uh, and that'll lead me to the things that I didn't necessarily like so I think uh at the, towards the start of the film, we got a montage of the two main characters singing in a car. I, I don't know how many Netflix films now. I wish I could go back, back and count. I am so over these montages of people having a good time on a road trip, singing songs in a car. It just doesn't hit the mark for me. So rubbish to start off with. Um, the, there's a scene where they, they come across one of the, their old classmates and you find out that he, he's married to one of their teachers um, they ended up getting together and they sort of mentioned that, you know, that it, they waited until he was 18. It, it doesn't matter that they waited till he was 18. It's still wrong and it's not funny because that's the only reason you would put those characters in that type of commentary in the film is if you're trying to get a laugh and it just wasn't la laughable. Uh, the same with weed smoking. It's not cool. Like they, these people are meant to be grown up. You don't want to see them pretending that they're still young. It doesn't make sense. Um, the, the same, there's a couple of other things too we'll talk about uh, later on. The the assistant principal, she's the daughter of the principal when they were at school and she has this poem about her, dead and ha about her dad and how he died. It's just cringeworthy. Um, Pierre and, he, and his chess mates, they're, you know, they're, they're making the socially conscious decision to, to mention that they need to be careful about homophobic comments in 2019. So they're like, yep, we're going to be conscious about this, but they still go ahead and, and write these uh, derogatory comments on the wall to me it just was not good don't don't say that you are oh, you know we've got to be careful and then do it anyway it doesn't doesn't account for that fact um and then some more like you know there's fighting there's uploading of videos to to pick on people there's destroying of property especially like a car and it's all seen as like an okay thing it's like oh you know it's like we're back at school we can just do stupid stuff and there's no consequences realistically all these things should have consequences and i don't like seeing grown adults on the screen doing these things to you know pretend that they're still at school when 
you don't need that. You need to, if you want a, a good film, you want to see some maturity and some growth in the characters to see where they've come since that stage, especially your two main protagonists that you want to, um, you know, support and get along with. Um, and then there's a scene where, you know, the, the, the gang, uh, I think they're called the dragon gang and they've got their own children and wives are at this, this reunion as well. And their kids end up being bullies themselves. They're like a gang themselves. And it sort of shows that nothing really has changed at this school that, they're still allowing gangs. They're still allowing bullying. They're still allowing kids to to even step all over adults. And it just wasn't a good look. <laughs> and, I'm, and I guess that's where I'm confused with this film is, is what was that message that they were trying to, to, to put across? Um, Linda was this girl that we saw throughout that Jonathan was, sort of had the hots for, but she was actually after the other Jonathan. Um, and, you know, at the end, when she finds out who the real Jonathan is, she makes a comment about being disgust, disgusted because she'd kissed the fat kid fat shaming it i don't know it's just another thing to dislike about this film and then then finally at the end um you know after jonathan's revealed he's not the the jonathan they all thought he was he does like this victim speech about you know how he's been bullied all his life and how it's okay to be who you are and then everyone in there starts clapping and you know then he's confronted there's a fight there's dodgeball it just was all lame it just wasn't funny it wasn't uh, impactful it didn't bring any emotions out on me it was just a, a poor way to finish the film so what were some themes or some ideas that this film was trying to touch on i guess and i guess the big thing is about well that i sort of thought about this was that the more things change the more things stay the same so even though you see these two main protagonists as people that have changed physically or, or changed their ability and their, their positions in the world everything at that school still sort of is the same. Um, and it, it leads into that idea of bullying and, and the lasting impacts that, that actions and words can have on people's lives. There's nothing wrong with being who you want to be. It doesn't, you don't need to impress people, I guess. And especially the, the physical appearance type of thing and the judgment that you see throughout this film, it'd be nice to see some changes from what it was like when they were kids to what they're like now and not them getting involved in the same sorts of things again. And I guess the idea too with Pierre is that his idea was about revenge, that you know he could use his brain over their brawn. And um, in the end, he sort of <laughs> uses a bit of brawn anyway and it just defeated that whole nice thing that we saw. And um, I guess the nice thing that you can see between Pierre and Jonathan is that they've got this lasting friendship that you can have from school. But at the, in the same way, I think I'll lead into some things that I took away from this film because, you know, like, like I sort of said, we're told that the two main protagonists, they're underdogs, they were victimized at school. So you're supposed to side with them, but you're not giving, as an audience, you're not given any reason as to why you should, why you should support them, why you want them to succeed, especially seeing as their behavior throughout the film it's just as bad as the bullies at, at stages. Um, and there's this idea too of political correctness that I mentioned sort of in one of the scenes before about homophobic comments that were graffitied on a wall. And, you know, th at the opening of the film, there's this guy coming back from India in a taxi and he stops and, and talks to the characters and he's like, oh, you know, I took my kids to India so they could witness poverty. It's like, well, here's one throwaway line that we're saying we're woke. We understand, you know, it, it just, and there's some more stuff that I'm going to lead into a little bit later on too that, you know, maybe they had their heart in the right spot. It just wasn't done um, in a nice way. Uh, the other, th the other thing I'll put in here as well is the this this class were in grade six in two thousand. So it was about the the reunion from the year two thousand. <laughs> I was in grade six in the year two thousand as well, exactly the same time as me. And I think my reflection on this is that I could not see myself behaving like any one person in this film. So I think maybe that's why I found it so hard to relate to it or think that it was funny or think that it was engaging because I could not see myself, 
my friends that I still associate with from school or anyone else that I went to school with acting in this way at all. So I think maybe that's where it was a little bit off-putting for me. We talk often about IMDb, and if we jumped onto IMDb to check anyone out, and I didn't do that, but um, the character of Pierre, he's played by Ludovic, and I had no idea that this guy is a famous YouTuber in France. He's got over a million followers, and I was, I was sort of doing a bit of research. I sort of went into this deep, dark dive of a lot of short films that he's been in or produced or directed or been involved in. They're short, sharp little commentaries often on, um, I guess, technology and things like that. And they're quite good. So if uh, you want to check out Ludovic, uh, some of his work on YouTube, check some short films out. They're not too bad. Uh, worth worth a quick little watch. Okay, this is where usually I've got MJ sitting with me and we can bounce some questions off each other. Don't have anyone here with me now, but this is where I'm going to sort of talk about the end. So if you've got this far and I haven't ruined it for you yet, well done. I'm really going to ruin it now for you because I'm going to talk about the, the final scene. Um... And I guess what we want to talk about is, so Jonathan was pretending he was the cool guy who was Jonathan Lopez. And this Lopez guy was mentioned throughout the whole film, um, lots and lots and lots. And as you walk away, you're like, and um, this is this, this might be what some people do. They walk around and go, well, where was this guy? And I just wanted to see if anyone actually did pick it up because... I'm not sure whether this is my interpretation, whether I've got this completely wrong, and I might, and I apologize for that, but we have the final scene where we have um, Jonathan kissing, uh, what was her name, Lucille, this Lucille mystic sort of character that sort of rocked up that he didn't really remember from school, but she sort of helps him out towards the end, um, and we see her and Jonathan kissing at the end, and we see as the camera turns away to the credits that there's a tattoo on her backside. And we found out prior that this tattoo revolved around being a part of this gang. And we know that Jonathan Lopez was the leader of this gang and would have had this tattoo as well. So I think, and especially just before that kiss, there was a comment where um, Lucille says, I've changed a lot too. And I think there's hints at it throughout with Lucille being in the men's toilets, um, Herb and Jonathan having a moment where he thinks that Herb thinks he's with Lopez when they were younger. And... I'm thinking now that Lopez is Lucille um, because, at t- again, towards the end, Lucille says you must really hate yourself to pretend to be Lopez. So it's a bit of commentary or a bit of reflection from Lucille, who I assume is Lopez reflecting on um, his pri- her prior character saying, I'm happy with who I am now. But at the same time, while this is a great reveal and this is a great ending and it's great for inclusion, Again, Lucille is pretending to be someone else to Jonathan, and it's taking away from the impact of that reveal, whereas if she was just up front, it probably would have fit in a lot better because we'd already seen Jonathan lying throughout pretending to be Lopez, if that makes sense. And that's all based on my interpretation that Lucille was Jonathan. So... Jonathan Lopez. I know the two Jonathan makes it confusing, but if you've seen the film, I hope you're on the same uh, train of thought as myself. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's uh, let's finish this off and give a rating out of five for a flicks form average. So to me, I mean, the whole idea of a high school reunion, it it really needs to be 100% hilarious to really gather interest, I think. You need a lot of laughs. And there aren't many here. It's just like grown-ups acting that, like, they never left school. It feels like maybe there was a good idea in there somewhere. There's 
a nice reveal and things like that. It just wasn't done well enough or in the right tone. So I'm giving this a one and a half out of five. Um, so hopefully if you're listening, you didn't absolutely love this because to me, I mean, it had some okay parts, but I was still very disappointed with a lot of the actions from the adults in this one. We have social media, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, and we have Instagram. So please give us a follow if you can, jump on board, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Pop a question up for the week, and this is a line of dialogue from the film. It is, jealousy is the burden of smart kids. Does this ring true, do you think? Do you think that smart kids are jealous of the cool kids at school all the time? I don't know. I don't know if I 100% agree with that because I think, you know, smart kids have their own things to be proud of and their own things to celebrate. Just because they're not cool doesn't mean they're not cool in their own way. And I don't know whether that's me as an adult saying that and reflecting back on my own childhood or I don't know, but what are your thoughts? Let us know on socials if you can. Next week, I'm hoping MJ is going to be back with me so I can bounce some ideas off him. Uh, Next week, we've got a teen rom-com from 2019 so we'll be back for another episode it is called tall girl it's directed by nazinga stewart it stars ava michelle griffin gluck sabrina carpenter paris berilek luke eisner clara wisely and annie sorry angelica washington rico paris angela kinsey and steve zahn Sorry, huge cast there. Sort of stumbled across a bit. That's what we have ready to go next week for you. So if you're interested in checking out our episode on Tall Girl, have a watch and uh, listen to us next week. As always, thoroughly enjoyed having a chat about a Netflix original that possibly a lot of people haven't seen anyway. But if you have, give us some feedback. Let us know your thoughts. Interested to hear what people think about this one. And other than that, I will see you next week.